I love this tool and with this tool I can do everything. Yeah. Um, and and I think I kind of find it a bit stupid actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not marketing today. It's, it, it's also Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Rockstar CMO FMM. It's a marketing that F is for, well, you decide. As you're probably asking yourself, does the world need another effing marketing podcast? I'm your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of Rockstar CMO, your monthly dose of marketing street knowledge. You can find us at rockstarcmo.com or at Rockstar CMO on Twitter and LinkedIn. And you can find all the past episodes of this show and the show notes at rockstarcmo.com forward slash podcast. This episode recorded on Friday the 6th of November. I'm going to avoid all the politics. I hope you've had a good week, that you're feeling well, keeping safe and staying as sane as you feel you need to be. This week, I dip into the latest issue of Rockstar CMO. I chat to Christian Beer, the CEO of Dynamic Web, and I again retire for the weekend in the Rockstar CMO virtual bar where I find my friend and content marketing guru, Robert Rose. Right, let's get started, shall we? My flick through the virtual pages of the latest issue of Rockstar CMO has me landed down the rabbit hole of Alice in Wonderland. As Keith Smith, Managing Director of The Advertist, the UK's only independent new business development platform, quotes Lewis Carroll in his article that explores the topic of this month's issue. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that this month we covered the question of whether it's better to build on rented land, pinning your content strategy on big tech and social media platforms, or invest in building a digital platform that over time will give you an owned property to build your brand. Keith is a regular contributor, something of a business development expert, and he brings the pithy point of view of sales to each month's theme. His latest article is no different, as he focuses on shifting boxes. The quote from Alice in Wonderland he starts with is, You couldn't have it if you did want it, the Queen said. The rule is jam tomorrow and jam yesterday, but never jam today. He goes on to make the point that if you're goosing your market share by renting or paying for numbers, eventually you're empowering someone else or something else. As he says, if you're doing it to earn hollow statistics that don't shift boxes, then stop it. If you need to do it to sell products, do it. But bear in mind that you're enabling someone else's business. Better to shift your own boxes by building a lasting strategy that has vision and clarity of purpose. Hard work has its own reward. Wise words, Keith. And as the Queen says, delivering jam tomorrow. You can read more of Keith's perspective in his article, Jam Tomorrow and Jam Yesterday, but Never Jam Today, in the Life for Rent issue that you can find on rockstarcmo.com and by clicking on the latest issue button. Right, I think that's quite enough from me. Let's hear from someone else. It's time for the interview segment. After a couple of weeks of chatting to folks in agency land, we hear from the world of marketing technology with Christian Beer, the co-founder and CEO of Dynamic Web, a global software company founded in 1999. Christian is a data and marketing-focused CEO, is a strong believer in uniting product information management, e-commerce, and content management into one cloud-based platform, and his vision and knowledge has been instrumental in turning Dynamic Web into a global player within this space. It was super to chat to Christian. I hope you enjoy this interview. Hi, Christian. Welcome to Rockstar CMO FM. Um, 
For people that don't know you, Christian, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for hosting me today. Uh, my name is uh, Christian Beer, uh, with the funniest last name, but uh, it's, it's actually like the drink. Um, my uh, my career started around uh, 20 years ago when I founded Dynamic Web, and uh, that's a company that is uh, delivering a digital experience platform for content management, e-commerce, and product information. So I've been in that uh, in that space for for the last. Um, 20 years. I'm uh, based in, in Denmark, uh, in, uh, in, the in the Scandinavian country, and right. uh, this is where the company is headquartered and we're working from. So uh, that was the ultra uh, short bio. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into your background a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and, and you're talking to us from, from Aarhus. I'm not pronouncing it right in Denmark. Right? No, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> getting close. So you founded Dynamic Web 20 years ago. What inspired you to start that business? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually the co-founder. So I started with a, a fellow student. We went to uh, to a business, uh, business school here in Aarhus. Uh, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, 20 years ago, it's actually almost 21 years then, we had a, a quite virgin internet. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, what we figured out was basically that there were a lot of businesses who, uh, who needed a website uh, and we were students. And at that time, you know, you have to make a, a living while you're a student. So mm -hmm. um, it seems quite logical that we should help these uh, businesses. Uh, my co-founder, he's uh, a bit more geeky, uh, and uh, and he could do all the all the coding and all the, the, the yeah. for me difficult stuff. So my yeah. job was basically to go out and, and, and find some clients, and um, and 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 close some deals with them. So we had some something to live off, and uh, yeah, we could uh, could spend the money in, in the Thursday bar at the university, <laughs> and having fun. So. That's basically, uh, you know, how it started. Uh, but, yeah. but after kind of being in, uh, and, and doing the first kind of projects, we figured out that uh, there were a requirement or a need among customers to update and maintain the websites themselves, which, of course, we today take for granted. But mm -hmm. at that time, you needed to work with HTML or mm -hmm. a program called Microsoft Front Page, which was a, a nice <laughs> for those of you who remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we, we made a small application and, mm -hmm. and um, then presented it to our customers. And then the customers mm -hmm. said, yeah, that's great. We can build pages. But how do we do deal with images? How do we deal with this? How do we deal with that? Yeah. And, um, that was kind of way that we, we started working with customers. And we at some point still do it today because, you know, if, if you have a customer with a, with a need and that is generic enough, mm -hmm. then it's interesting to... Uh, to put it in your product. And, and that's mm. basically what we did. So um, in the beginning, it was uh, primarily content pages, uh, simple web pages. And mm. uh, later on, uh, in 2002, we started out with the first uh, e-commerce solutions uh, because at that time it was actually possible to sell stuff uh, online. It was a bit <laughs> more trivial yeah. than what yeah. we <laughs> and, and, and not maybe the same experience and smoothness as we are experiencing today. Yeah, yeah. But it was um, it was the way that we kind of got into e-commerce. So um, since that, the, you know, our our company and, and platform has evolved uh, until where, where it is today. So uh, product-wise, we have uh, we have had this close relationship to customers and trying to understand what 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 they need. Mm 
Mm -hmm. uh, the, the way or area that we currently differentiate is that we have uh, you know, a single inside-out build platform that caters uh, not only CMS, but also mm -hmm. e-commerce and mm -hmm. information management and marketing automation. Right. Um, so, so that has kind of been the journey from, from, uh, from where we started and, uh, and, and to where we are now. So some of it is coincidence, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I would say that it's all, also a good portion of, uh, of focused uh, yeah. strategy and also listening to, to customers and, and the ecosystem, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, so, um, I have to make a play on words with your name. So you, you were inspired to start the business by beer then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as a student. That's fantastic. So now you've, um, you know, 20 years later, you, you've got a global company and of course, you know, as we record this, we're still in the midst of this pandemic. How have you guys adjusted in the way that you've worked uh, across, you know, your various offices across the world? Yeah. Um, you know, we are so fortunate that we are in a business where a lot is done digital. Also, mm -hmm. um, also the possibility to to work from home. So, yeah. for us, in in terms of uh, you know the everyday working experience in the office, the transition to be kind of working from home and and, and also sometimes being in the office has been quite easy because that's what yeah. we normally do. Uh, yeah. We have a lot of people working remotely. Uh, so, so in in that sense, uh, the challenge hasn't been that um, that big. On the other side, if we look at, at customers, of course, mm -hmm. the, uh, some of our customer has been hit very hard by this. Others, yeah, didn't. yeah. Um, we have seen new customers uh, accelerating their digital uh, plans uh, yeah. due to the pandemic. Uh, and, and since we are, you know, spread around the globe, uh, we have also experienced that uh, the pandemic hit uh, with, with different timing. So yeah. when we in, in, uh, in, in maybe the Scandinavian countries had a lockdown, there were several other countries that wasn't locked down. And mm -hmm. now when we're having the second wave here, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, that's I, I guess it's pretty bad everywhere now. So, mm -hmm. I don't, so right now it's probably bad anywhere everywhere but, but in the beginning it was possible for us to to work with with different regions uh, yeah uh, where the pandemic hit at uh, with different timing uh, yeah but but you know overall we are we are quite fortunate so so we have yeah. been we have been able to follow our our kind of projected plans and also uh, grow the, yeah. the pandemic yeah yeah so um and how as a leader in this business have you you know because a lot of people have um have found that the struggle where people aren't coming into the office, it's hard to onboard new people. And um, there's that kind of slight lack of, um, you know, social element to the, the office life. How have you as a leader tried to sort of keep the team together on Zoom, as it were? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. And it's difficult. Um, you know, we, we have a, a, a we are an, a Scandinavian-based company, and I think uh, the, the the culture of a lot of Scandinavian companies are, are quite, you know, uh, we have a, a quite flat organization, and, yeah. and and I think we're also pretty open. So uh, that is kind of our nature. And then, um, of course, what we what we have done and what we normally do is that we we host. Uh, monthly meetings for everybody in the business mm -hmm. uh, but you know uh, that format hasn't really changed that much because mm -hmm. uh, 
we before the pandemic uh, we we worked from different offices and, and yeah. now with the pandemic we work from uh, micro offices or from home mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but the format is still the same so, so again, i think being a, a, a tech company is uh, yeah is definitely a benefit here because the transition hasn't been that that hard in terms of uh, in terms of that but of course right. we had some we also have some some, some uh, you know kickoff and 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 gatherings uh, yeah. in in person and uh, and of course they had had to be postponed and uh, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> basically there's nothing to do with that so we just need to <laughs> <clear>. yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so overall pretty good, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned um, part of your platform, you provide an e-commerce solution. And we've obviously seen a big rise in demand for e-commerce as, as the shoppers have, have kind of digitally transformed themselves, as, as all of us are now ordering more online. What changes have you seen this year? Have you seen, have you seen that reflected in your customers and, and the trends that you've seen? Yeah. Um, the funny thing is that if you look at our pipeline, Mm-hmm. Uh, for for new customers, what we experienced with the pandemic was that a lot of those in the pi- who were in the pipeline, they postponed things. Mm-hmm. Whereas suddenly, um, a lot of other opportunities popped up because they said, "Okay, this is uh, something we cannot live with without being digital." Yeah. So, from our you know micro perspective, that was mm-hmm. that was one thing we experienced. Um, what I've also experienced, if you look at, you know, uh, look at what what uh, Gardner, McKinsey, Forrest, or those guys, they they measure in terms of uh, of trends around us. Then mm-hmm. I've seen a shift that uh, more research post purchase is being done online, whether it's B two B or B two C. True. Um, sorry, prior, of course, purchase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, so and, and 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 you know. If, if that's the case, and, and I, I really believe in that also from the experience we hear from, from our customers, then, uh, of course, e-commerce is, is, is becoming strategically more important. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that also, uh, you know, calls for better solution, better uh, product description, better uh, experience, yeah. uh, better maybe videos that describe your product. So you, you really need yeah. to stand out there. Uh, yeah. If if that's the primary contact you have with your customers, yeah, and, yeah. and especially we we have a lot of B two B companies, and especially those they really struggle on this because you know sometimes their website is basically just a you know a digital business card, and yes, because what they sell is so complex that they cannot sell yeah. it online, and their customers are so special that they cannot yeah. really buy or purchase anything on, on yeah. e-commerce. Yeah. So those kind of types of clients, they are really having a hard time in, in transitioning yeah. themselves. But it's that transition to virtual selling, isn't it? As you were saying, I mean, Gartner and Forrester have recognized that everybody, um, all buyers are consuming more content prior to talking to a vendor. And so it's that, isn't it? It's that transition to virtual selling. And that virtual selling starts before anybody even contacts you. Contacts you. Yeah. And that's, of course, that's a trend that has been, it has been there for many years also in yeah, the yeah. space. But, but I think there's a shift now because, you know, having a sales rep in, in the B2B space now, having a sales rep, visiting customers, that's really not an option. So yeah. how do they punch in orders then and how yeah. do they create value? So yeah. a big, you know, uh, shift is, is happening. Of course, it's, it's, it's the yeah. same with retail. So if you are, if you're a consumer, uh, if you're a retailer or consumer focused, 
organization, you need to move and 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 be able to take orders online. And and the same mm-hmm. with B two B if you have sales reps uh, running around, they cannot really visit anybody. So yeah. um, so so there's really a a change there, uh, and it's just you know due to this COVID situation, then it's being. Uh, accelerated uh, and and where i see basically the biggest challenge whether it's b2b or b2c that's um, of course systems is is one thing but it's also a, a, a you know a, a cultural and 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 behavior based kind of yeah. mindset that you really think you need to think your sales process you need to think your business uh, digitally uh, mm-hmm. and and for many organizations that's a big big challenge that yeah. that they're currently facing yeah, and do you predict that that's here to stay? Do you think that, that the world has now changed, and that um, you know this terrible phrase, the new normal, is here, and and that now what's basically happened is an acceleration of a trend that was already happening in the digitization of consumers, and that that, that this is here to stay now. Yeah, uh, we we haven't seen technology being really rolled back. So if mm. you if you get some some tech uh, benefits like a smartphone or something, yeah, it, it, it's really hard to get rid of because yeah. when you when you you suddenly experience that it's it's much easier and it's more it's going way more smooth than you're used to and yeah. and um, and it's more efficient in the B two B space. Yeah. Why shouldn't why should we roll back then? So I think it, yeah. it has. It has a it, the, the pandemic has just you know strengthened that trend yeah. we already yeah. saw before it, uh, but 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 it's it's definitely there now and we have jumped uh, several years ahead I, I would say yeah. in terms of uh, uh, that, that's maybe the positive thing of this yeah. actually accelerates uh, um, the, the, a transition or development in, in other areas when uh, mm. Mm, yeah, no, that's interesting. So that's that's our prediction for the future there. Um, now, this is a marketing podcast, and I mean, as a, I mean, I, I've been in the CMS industry for twenty years as well, and I was with Vignette back in two thousand, and so I could I could geek with you about yeah. content management and e-commerce <laughs> for the rest of the rest of the day. But I need to get back to marketing. So, yeah. as a CEO, what do you look for in in marketing? I know you've you've, you've made a recent strategic hire there, and yeah. you know, what what do you look for when when you're looking at your marketing team? Well, um, obviously, we look for for smart people because marketing <laughs> has become you know way more complex and yeah. than it, it used to be. Um, so so that's of course the team is is everything. Uh, but but when you got the team in place and and you look at deliverables from 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 uh, from my point of view and from the business side. Uh, obviously, uh, a very important thing is uh, is demand generation and, and generating leads uh, mm. to, to feed the business. Uh, another important area is, of course, branding and awareness. Um, mm. So you need to you cannot only focus on. In my opinion, you should not only focus on demand generation. There's there's more yeah. to it. You also yeah. need to uh, you need to stand out and you need to uh, build. Uh, a reputation around the company and, and demand generation by itself uh, doesn't do all the magic. So yeah. I, I think branding, awareness, uh, leads—that's that's key areas that, mm-hmm. uh, that that we focus on and that we would like that I would like to uh, to see from uh, from my marketing mm-hmm. team. Right. Okay. So anybody coming to work with you needs to focus on those things. Yeah, I would yeah. say, but you know, and and underneath that, of course, there's a lot more tactical uh, yeah. disciplines that, of course, we need to uh, to yeah. master. Um, but on, 
I think uh, as a prerequisite for, for all of this also is that uh, uh, all of that can be delivered, you know, pretty much ad hoc or mm-hmm. in a systematical way. And, and what I also look for and expect from marketing is that you can actually work with systems, data, data and, and, and not only analyze it and show me a nice graph, but also mm-hmm. turn that into decisions. And yeah. I think that's a way that, that we have been working quite hard for the last couple of years and, and we'll mm-hmm. continue doing that is to all this great uh, uh, context and, and kind of one-to-one context we do, how do we yeah. turn that into maybe nurturing? How do we turn that into something where we can, based on data, uh, mm-hmm. qualify things better, uh, mm-hmm. aggregated in our system and, and empower our sales organization to, to, uh, to basically have the right timing before they reach out to. Mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. And, and I guess um, your platform enables that for your customers. So you're very much in that kind of business anyway. So as a, as a CEO, you're pretty very tuned into the needs of marketing anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty one. Yeah, but I would say yes. I am. A, I'm a, a marketing and market-oriented focused uh, CEO. So, um, so I would I would strongly believe that. Um, I also focus very much on the on the product side, of course. But but it's, mm-hmm. it's closely aligned product and and market. Our product and and marketing is is definitely uh, yeah. closely aligned. Uh, yeah, so well, I would say that. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I mean, that's always good to hear that that uh, marketing and product are closely aligned. Uh, in my experience, that hasn't always been the case. So it's fantastic to hear that. Um, so yeah. um, I'm conscious of your time. Um, finally, I'm going to come to our final question. We have a regular feature, the Rockstar CMO Swimming Pool, our portal to marketing hell, where you thro- we throw all the bullshit snake hole and stuff that annoys us about our industry. What would you chuck into our Rockstar CMO Swimming Pool? <laughs> that's a good question uh, yeah if I should I think one of the things that often annoys me is that it's so yeah. one dimensional what we mm-hmm. what is being said and, and, and done in marketing so it's if you look at it from us being a vendor uh, mm-hmm. approaching marketing people uh, I think sometimes the marketing people are way too focused on a tool Mm-hmm. I love this tool, and with this tool, I can do everything. Yeah, um, and and I think I kind of find it a bit stupid, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it it's not marketing today. It's it, it's also running a tech stack, and you have yeah. multiple tools. Uh, yeah. But but being you know, if if you want to build a house with a hammer, you'll probably yeah. you'll probably need some other tools around it, and and sometimes yeah. it's just. You know, being in love with a tool and not yeah. focusing on the process and the data and what, yeah. what what else goes on, I think that's that that sometimes annoys me when when talking yeah. to marketing people. So, yeah. and 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 you know, design is one element, but what is good design? <laughs> yeah. That's that's a question. Yeah. Um, but 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 for me, it's more important the, the long uh, long term uh, data aggregation. How mm-hmm things fit into a stack and how you overall can make the business more data driven yeah. and, and competitive. So yeah. this, you know, because this, because I'm used to this tool or because it's beautiful yeah. or something else, which yeah, yeah doesn't really uh, do the trick yeah. for me. That's yeah. sometimes what I'm often met with. And then 
That's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I love that. I've had that with a client recently where, so, where where they were saying, we need this tool. If we had this tool, we would do this. And I'm thinking, well, you need to think about what you want to do, gather your requirements, then think about the tool, not the other way around. So that's really interesting. Uh, thank you very much, Christian. Well, uh, that was a, I enjoyed that conversation. Thank you very much. And if people want to get in touch with you, Christian, where will they find you? Yeah, they can find me either in LinkedIn. I'm mm -hmm. hoping to, to connect there or definitely also at our website, dynamicweb.com. Uh, and they will, I believe my email is even in there. So uh, feel wow. free to reach out. Yeah, yeah. well, I will include links to, to you and to your website in the show notes. Thank you very much, Christian. I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Thank you, Christian. Amazing how many technologists I speak to that want me to chuck marketing tools into the swimming pool. And I couldn't resist talking to a chap called Beer who started his business to buy beer. Very rock star CMO. I will, of course, include a link to their website, his social media links, and all that good stuff in the show notes. Right, it's Friday evening here at the Rockstar CMO Penthouse in London. Time to round off the week with a cocktail in the virtual Rockstar CMO bar with my friend and content marketing guru, Robert Rose. Good evening, Robert. What are you drinking? Oh, it's good to see you and hear you, uh, my friend. Um, well, okay, so we've had quite the stressful week here mm -hmm. in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you've heard a little bit about what's going on here. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, tonight we are feeling uh, rather celebratory, I, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, mm -hmm. Clarity has been had. Uh, mm -hmm. and, um, and feeling pretty good here. So I'm cracking open something a bit unique. Mm -hmm. um, so beyond tequila, I am a yes. huge fan of red wine and specifically Italian. Um, and so I'm cracking open here for us a bottle of 2010 Conti Costanti Brunello di Montalcino. And oh. it is an um, absolutely spectacular bottle of wine that I find uh -huh. from time to time. Um, uh -huh. And uh, the Brunellos are, of course, my favorite wine, my favorite region. Yeah. Um, and um, it, is, uh, it is an absolutely spectacular wine to be drunk on a celebratory evening in a fall uh, chilly day where we have lots to, lots to clink glasses to. That sounds splendid. And I would, um, uh, yes, I, I, mean, I am also a, a fan of, of red wine. I really should join you. But um, seeing as, um, you know, we always talk about this being a cocktail, somebody ought to make the effort, right? So uh, I'm, I'm going to join you with a perhaps a pre-dinner drink before the red wine. I, sure. I wonder what, I wonder if you can guess what this is. <laughs> uh, you didn't put any ice in yours, did you? Uh, no, there would be no ice. <laughs> there would be no ice there. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm, I'm just going to drop some ice in this, if you don't mind. And, of course, uh, some of this delicious. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's, not, it's from Europe, uh, not Italy, though. It's Hendrix Gin. 
Let's Ooh, have a bit of that. Well, that's not that wine. Yeah. We'll do. <laughs> and um, and you don't put anything in your wine, do you? No. No. Well, I'm, I'm going to put some no tonic. mixer in the wine. <laughs> I'm going to put some tonic in this. <laughs> All right. There we go. Uh, and what did you call this? Uh, this would be Brunello di Montalcino. It's a, this, this is what this would be. Yeah. Nice. A, a, nice. That's a red wine. What are, What are the tasting notes on that particular wine? Oh, it's uh, it's you know, it is just it's a big it's a big, big red. I'll say that. Full, it's big, oh, I love I love big, big red. Old, you know, it really should be had with uh, a meal of some kind, usually a steak or something like that. <sighs> but, um, yeah. And yeah. tomorrow night, because we are actually recording this on Friday night, as uh, just to make the point that uh, where you're talking about current affairs, we are actually current today. And yeah. um, yes, Saturday night for me is steak night with a nice big bottle of red. But for now, let's sample what this is. Oh, that's very nice, Robert. I'm not quite getting the big redness. No, a lot of probably not. A, probably a, a lot of thin idea. clearness. Yeah. <laughs> but that's delicious. Thank you very much. And what was it called? Uh, that would be a Brunello di Montalcino, yes. Oh, I'm going to include a link to that in the show notes. You'll have to send me a link to that so that people can share that because I love a big red wine. Yeah, so course. I love, and I presume that we're drinking this out of glasses that look like vases, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and, um, and decanted as well, yes. Oh, delicious. And where, and I mean, you've just mentioned the steak. Where, where, do, where would we be drinking these? Well, you know, I mean, you know, it 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 it, uh, it, it, it probably bears mentioning to to drink this mm-hmm. somewhere in the in the U.S. Um, mm. But uh, but given our lack of travel over the last yes. few months, I think you know you you need to be in Florence, do you not? I mean, I mean, oh, come on, nice. I mean, if, if we're gonna go drink a big bottle big of red Brunello, wine, yeah, yeah, we should. We should be in Florence doing something wonderful. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's not too shabby down there this time of year either, no, is, exactly. is it? So yeah. be be gorgeous. Yes, that sounds splendid. And so some nice grilled meat, uh, a couple of big vases of this stuff. And <laughs> what are we chatting about? Well, you know, it's something that is. I think it's it's a uh, it's related. Um, mm-hmm. to what we've been um, thinking about over the last month or so as uh, we've progressed toward um, you know the culmination of our big change here in the US and it, you know mm-hmm. it's it's um, it's something that sort of is aligned with the sort of dumpster fire that is 2020 <laughs> um, yeah. you know it's 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 this it's this idea of 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 where we find ourselves with change you know i think mm-hmm. everybody has gone through a, a, a some big change this year and and probably one of the things that we all have in common is some level of fundamental change mm-hmm. here and i was having this chat with a cmo uh, of a, a not a huge company but a, a, a mid-sized tech company mm-hmm. and she had lost 90% of her team this year, you know, just because of the economy and everything else yeah. going on in the world. And recently as the C-suite, and she's of course included in that, yeah. um, is reconfiguring and rebooting and, you know, thinking about uh, big changes for 2021. And they said, you know, Hey, we're going to make 2021 a growth year and we're going to go. And everybody's sort of, you know, 
having this these big 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 discussions and she was telling me her first reaction to all of that which is common when we get a big you know sort of change thrust in yeah. front of us which is you know well fine if i hadn't lost my entire team i could totally do this right yeah. or she's thinking why me why now you know yeah. am i ready for this and it, it's it's something that i find that is common which is when we have this big change sort of stuck in front of us our first reaction in many ways is to think how it's going to change us and are we actually capable and you know the ch- challenges with it rather than yeah. how it's going to evolve us and help us move forward um yeah. in you know in, in what it is we're doing um and it's a really interesting perspective to start to have in mind especially as you know we in many ways celebrate a good change here mm-hmm. um as well as some of the negative changes that continue to remain it's not like all the problems yeah. went away um yeah. it's not like all of the challenges don't sort of sit in front of us as we start looking toward next year yeah. and as i was thinking about this it's like you know change when you think about it starts with discontent right we always yeah. change because we are uncomfortable in some way and so we move right we, yeah. we make a move or a move is put upon us but whether or not it becomes progress forward progress really just depends on the direction of our first step yeah and so if we think about that first step as you know helping us think about evolving instead of you know how it's going to hurt us um yeah. we might be a lot better off and so that was a conversation i had with that cmo and it was it was good it was a you know we felt a lot better after that yeah yeah and that's that's really interesting because when it's happening to you it's very easy to get wrapped up in it even though it's probably it could be a really good opportunity ahead of you but it's sometimes hard to see it isn't it yeah i mean you know it's good for me you know it's yeah. it's, it's one of those things that i need to be reminded of time and time yeah. again which is you know how do we uh you know how do we actually balance the you know when we look in the mirror you know mm-hmm. and we see you know we you know where there's this big change in front of us and yeah. we see all of the sort of bags under our eyes and the ring <laughs> and everything what we need to remember is, is that that's not the result of the change that is facing you today it's the result yeah. of all of the progress you've made in the yeah. changes that you've been making for decades right yeah. and so yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things where this is a really good time to say, how do we actually use all this change to move forward, to move, yeah. you know, to, to evolve ourselves, to progress. And it's just a, I find it's just a better way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think, um, I mean, earlier in my career, I always felt that if I felt completely comfortable in what I was trying to do or the next job or whatever, then there was something wrong in that I had to feel a little bit of fear because that I knew that was going to result in growth. I mean, I'm not sure that I'm that young man anymore, but certainly right. that's how I used to feel. And I, I was listening earlier on to, um, to a, a podcast where they were, um, it was um, the Marketing Book podcast where um, Douglas Burdett was interviewing Seth Godin and he was talking about imposter syndrome. He was saying, everybody should feel it. If you're feeling imposter syndrome, you're doing something right. And I thought that was an interesting perspective, which kind of relates to what you're saying, right? Is that when there's change, you're feeling that those butterflies in your stomach, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. 
you know, it, and it, 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 it's what you do with those butterflies, really, that yeah, sort of yeah. defines, you know, whether or not you move forward or you fall backward, right? Yeah, yeah. And is it something that you faced yourself? <laughs> <laughs> you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have another vase of wine? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, yes, of course. This is, you know, this is for for those of us that are out there in the world being solopreneurs and and running around trying to run a business and as well as yeah. sort of make a living in today's world i mean it's you know it's every day right i mean yeah and um you know it's it's not exclusive to us but it's certainly not you know it, it's certainly not something i i i don't have to deal with either it's it's you know it's um yeah it's there yeah. for sure yeah, and that's why yeah. it, you know that, that's why it's so it was such an impact on me because it's such a uh, it's such a big piece of what yeah you think of you know when you when you know you, you're reminded that you know i mean there's that there's that wonderful saying which is you know be kind to people because you have no idea what they're going through right and yeah and and it's true you know it, it's easy, easy to convince ourselves, especially after looking at social media as much as yeah. we do and all of that, that you're the only one faced with a particular issue, you know, yeah. and, or a particular change or a particular challenge. And in many ways, yeah. you know, we have to get beyond that sort of utopia that is, you know, I mean, it's like it's either yeah. doom scrolling or looking at the amazing, you know, yeah. family picture that everything is peachy keen. And there's yeah. nothing in between, right? Nobody posts right. up like, yeah, I'm having a, uh, I'm having yeah. a mediocre day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, having, <laughs> I'm having a challenging, you know, sort of, uh, ch- sort of a challenging yeah. day. You know, it's, a, it's either like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing ever. Or, you know, yeah. oh my God, it's all doom and gloom and wrong. And yeah. Gone. Yeah. Well, I'm very rarely, I mean, I, I know that we probably both know people that, that do the doomy thing, but um, most people are, are posting a, a highly edited version of their best lives, of aren't course. they? And it's a, it's the same on LinkedIn it's or the their same worst life, right? You know, because yeah. I have those people in my feed as well. Yeah, yeah. And luckily, I don't have too many of those. But um, <laughs> and but you're always comparing yourself to the people that are living That's their right. best life, thinking, you know, here, here's, here's this. So how did it, how did the conversation go with um, your CMO, Tom? How, how did, did how did she feel then, faced with this challenge with with only ten percent of her team? Well, she ended up looking at it as a, as a, you know, as a, a, a new way to reboot because, you know, ultimately yeah. what she, what she came to the conclusion to was, you know, it was, it, it wasn't that she had lost 90% of her team that was going to make this hard. Mm-hmm. It was that she was going to build, have to build a new team that made this possible. Right. Right. And, and you know that and and that's an interesting idea and it wasn't that the old yeah. team was bad or would prevent that yeah. but yeah. it was the accumulation of all of the changes of the business you know she said it, yeah. it it's it's not worth it nor is it correct for me to blame 2020 for this mm-hmm. pivot yeah. um this pivot is an opportunity built of changes that have been accumulating for the you know 6 years we've been in business yeah and and so the the fact that I lost my team is unfortunate, but the fact that I get to build a new team to approach this new thing mm-hmm. is a challenge that will help me grow as a person. And that's right. you know, that's the that's the attitude I think that will really help her succeed. 
Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. And um, I'm glad that you managed to um, turn around that her particular perspective as well, you do. With... It around, to be clear, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> well, I enjoy talking to you. I think you do change people's perspectives. But um, so um, you, you dish out some of the, I mean, I know that on your blog, you don't always stick completely to content marketing. You do have some life advice on there as well. Um, so where would people find more of your writing? Mr. Rose? Oh, well, you're very kind. You know, if anybody <laughs> wants to read more of my <laughs> musings with other people um contentadvisory.net is my website and uh yeah that's yeah. where that's where my little home on the internet is right and when people spin the dial on the social media interwebs and look for somebody positive living their best life where would they find you <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm not sure you'll find too much there um with regard to my personal life but um my twitter is uh, at uh, uh underscore robert underscore rose and yeah. of course on linkedin i'm just easy to find because linkedin doesn't know how to do urls so yeah well i also um in the show notes i always include um a link to the hashtag friday cocktails as well so cut friday concoctions too, oh so good oh nice there's, there, yeah. there, there's some goodness there there's somebody living their best life on a friday there is, I tell you well, that. that is you know that is a celebration <laughs> of my best life that's exactly right <laughs> That is one manifestation. Sure. All manner of things that you can do with tequila. And now red yeah. wine, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's a pleasure to see you again in the bar, my friend. Uh, will I see you next week? You will indeed. Excellent. See you then. Thank you, Robert. A little mention of politics there, but I think we got away with it. And still no news from the folks at Hendrix. So rest assured, dear listener, I am drinking their gin solely for the pleasure. So that's a wrap on episode 35 of the Rockstar CMO Effing Marketing Podcast. Thanks again to Christian for the conversation, to Robert for the inspiring cocktail, and to Keith Smith for a trip down the business development rabbit hole. If you like my guests please give them a mention click their links follow them and take a look at their work i really appreciate their time i will of course include all their links in the show notes at rockstarcmo.com forward slash podcast where you will also find all our previous episodes but most of all thank you for dropping a dime into your podcasting jukebox selecting our track and jiving along with us. I hope you enjoyed the show. So does the world need another Epic Marketing Podcast? I would love to know what you think. Drop us some feedback, a review, subscribe, share, or just keep listening. I'm glad you're here. Next week, I welcome back Dennis Shaw to discuss his advice on building on rented land. And you heard the man, Robert Rose will be back in the Rockstyle CMO virtual bar. Until then, I've been your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of rockstylecmo.com, and I hope you'll join us again next week here at Rockstar CMO FM. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy 
Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.